0: see here let's speak a few moments on the subject a little strength and open door as you can see I read Um, life is interesting for the most part Um, we go through different seasons you know just like in the natural we've got winter spring summer or fall all you have to do is call, or we have winter in construction. Um, some places they've got wet and dry seasons, they don't have the four that we have, but one thing is constant, is that things change, whether we want it to or not. And the only unchangeable thing is change. When we go through different seasons, there are days in our lives when we feel strong, and there are days that we don't. There are times when we're sad and times when we're happy. And the Bible puts it like this in Ecclesiastes. It says, to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence. Amen. and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate and a time of war and a time of peace. So everything, there's a season. We go through these things in our lives, and this is by no means an exhaustive list, but it makes a point that things aren't always the same. Sometimes we're laughing, sometimes we're crying. Sometimes we dance, sometimes we mourn. And I'm sure if you look back over your life, you would find this to be true. And I'm sure if you look over your life, you notice there were times when you felt incredibly strong, and there were times when you felt very weak. There have been times when spiritually I felt like I could... Take on the world and the devil and all his minions. And there are other times when I feel like it's all I can do just to stand up, just to get to church. In the book of Revelation, John, a disciple of Jesus, he's been imprisoned and put on an island. And one day he has a vision of things to come. And in chapters 2 and 3, um, John, or sorry, Jesus dictates some letters to John to seven different churches most of the churches are corrected for things they've been doing wrong and leaving their first love or being self sufficient or following false teachings or being dead and all those sorts of things. But two churches are not corrected. And one of those churches is the church in Philadelphia. The church in Philadelphia, they had a vision, a burden, a goal to reach the lost world. And the Bible says that God sets before them an open door. And that's something that we probably prayed for and looked for. At some point in time in our life, an open door. Philadelphia, in the ancient times, not the one in Pennsylvania, was located in a strategic place on the main route from Rome to the east. Its nickname was the Gateway to the East. It had a lot of temples and a city to different gods and goddesses, and the nickname was Little Athens. It was kind of like Athens, but the smaller friendlier version it was also famous for their cheesesteaks and cream cheese the church in philly was located in a place of great opportunity the only problem with the location was the area was prone to earthquakes in 17 17- B.C. there was an earthquake that destroyed it in Sardis and 10 other cities. Afterwards, some of the people refused to move back to Philadelphia, they lived outside it on the countryside and called it the burnt land. It was a place that people used to live, but now we don't want it, we're kind of worried about it. The Philadelphia, of the seven churches, it was the second smallest city and some believe it might have been the smallest congregation, numerically speaking. But in spite of all of this, Jesus says to the church of Philadelphia in Revelation 3 and 7, To the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, and he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. So Jesus comes and says to the church of Philadelphia, He says, look, I've got the keys to everything, to the kingdom. Whatever you need opened, I can open. Whatever you need shut, I can open. And shut. I make the decisions. I am the one who is in control. Follow me and trust me. the key is the emblem of authority and knowledge. The key of David is the regal right or authority of King David. David, as a king, could open or shut the kingdom of Israel to whoever he pleased. David was not bound to leave the kingdom, even to his oldest son. If you read his story, he could and he would choose who he pleased to succeed. And he makes the choice. And the kingdom of heaven is at the disposal of Jesus. He can shut against whom he wants and he can open to who he pleases. If he shuts the door, no man can open it. And if he opens it, no man can shut it. He determines what happens. And nobody can change that. The church in Philadelphia, they knew this power. And they realized that Jesus had handed those keys to Peter. And that Peter had opened the doors to revival. And the gospel being spread wide open. And so if Jesus opens the door, no man can close it. If he closes the door, no one can open it. And if we're going to follow him, we need to trust him. We need to trust the doors that he opens and trust the doors that he closes. We need to go through the ones that he's opened and stop trying to go through doors that he's closed. You can't force it. Don't force it. Follow him and where he leads. What he opens, go through. What he closes, don't. I know it's mind-blowing. Verse 8 says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. And This is the verse I want to focus on this morning. This church in Philadelphia, they were faithful. They weren't rebuked. They weren't corrected for some secret sin. They weren't arrogant. They weren't full of themselves. They weren't You know, any of these things. They had done nothing wrong in that sense. They were not the largest church. In fact, like I said, it was most likely the smallest of the seven, which is interesting because we often look at the size of a church to determine its healthiness. We look at how big something is to determine whether or not they're doing things correctly. We'll go to conferences and events and hear from people with big churches and how we can make ours bigger. God's not calling us to bigness. He's calling us to follow and be faithful. And Sometimes we can look around and feel like maybe we can't do as much because of numbers. And to some extent, you know, sometimes that's true because there are some limitations to the numbers. You need people to do things physically. But spiritually... There are no limitations with Jesus. In fact, Jesus shows up to say to this church specifically, I have set before you an open door. I have done this. I have made a way and I have opened something for you. And nobody is going to shut it. In the New Testament, an open door was an opportunity for ministry. Acts 14 and 27. When they were coming and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them. They talked about all the things God had done and how he had, what he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles, God opened the door for the gospel to be shared and received by the non-Jews or the Gentiles. First Corinthians sixteen and nineteen: For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Second Corinthians two and twelve: For furthermore, when I came to Troas, to preached Christ's gospel. What a door was opened unto me in the Lord. And Colossians four and three. With all praying also for us that God would open a door, open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. An open door is an opportunity to go somewhere with Jesus, to share his word, to share his gospel, to go further with him and to minister in a different way or to somebody else that's never heard of the gospel. Jesus is in control and he determines where and when his people will serve. He's the one who opens doors for us. And we can get frustrated and we can try to open doors for ourselves so we gotta follow him and what he has opened. The open doors are often a reference to a great worldwide revival that we've seen happen in our world. Missionaries are in countries all over the world sharing the gospel. And new doors are being opened and being walked through as we are speaking. I talked to a missionary this week. He's gonna be with us later in the month door has been opened to them to go to a country as far as they know like i said there's been never been any apostolic presence in that country historically it's a very prominent um islamic country but the door has been opened for them to go and they're excited about that i've got missionary friends who have started churches and works in new places the salis are in Senegal right now and their church is growing so much so they're currently building a new sanctuary. They got a building But land is expensive and so they're building up They're going to build a whole new sanctuary on the second floor and they're excited about that and they're doing it quickly God's working; he's filled that church the Blackman's in in Guinea a door open to them to start a church in the capital city of Conakry in an alleyway This is normally where we would think that a door would be open to to start something they started a church in between two buildings and they just filled the the alleyway with chairs and they had church and now they're building a new um it's grown and they're in a building now god's worked and he's opened a door for them the yates in tanzania they're currently having church under a mango tree and they call it the mango tree church which is probably my favorite name for a church ever there's a door is open The Tomyev family, we've talked about them in Ukraine. In the middle of a war, God opened a door for them to get supplies to people who didn't have food, who didn't have um, basic necessities, and that's turned into Bible studies. And they said the church has grown like never before. Before the war, they're like double the size than they were before the war ever happened. God opened a door in the middle of that situation. I listened to another missionary, a missionary had to Croatia. He's saved because... Many years ago, a missionary came to his town and gave flour to his family and saved him literally, physically, and spiritually. A door was open for him, an open door. Doors are open all over. And one of the things of, about doors is they don't always look the same. sometimes we end up looking for a door that looks like what God's opened for someone else. And when ours doesn't look like that, when well, we think well, this door that God's opened isn't real, it's not the right one, we need to go through a door that looks like somebody else's. But everybody's got a different story, and everybody's following God, and He's leading everybody individually and also together. But the door that God opens for the church down the road may not look the same as the door He opens for this church. The door God opens for me may not look like the same he opens for you. And sometimes when ours doesn't look like someone else's story or someone else's door, then we miss the opportunity to go through what God's calling us to and what God's leading us to. Because, well, it doesn't look like that. So it can't be real. It can't be what he's doing. Cities and towns and villages all across North America are hearing the gospel of Jesus because a door was opened and someone went through it. When God opens doors, politics can't shut them. Atheism can't shut them. Humanism can't shut them. Communism can't shut them. Persecution can't shut them. No one can shut the door that God opens. Whatever doors Jesus has opened, it's our job to go through them. And I believe he's saying the same thing to our church here in Nova Scotia, to our churches in the valley, and our church specifically here in Middleton. You heard it on Wednesday about the sword of the spirit, which is the Rema word of God, a specific word of God. And with that specific word, we fight spiritually against the enemy. And that specific word, we use it like a sword to see victory. We may need to use it more than once. You may need to speak that word more than a few times, and prayed a few times, but the word's gonna see and bring victory. And the word that he's given us today is I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, no man can shut it. God has set before us as a church and us as individuals an open door. God has given us a great opportunity to reach our area, to reach our worlds, to intercede, to see him work in our homes, to see him work in our families. He's put an open door before us to make disciples and teach them and baptize them in the name of Jesus, like Jesus told us to. An open door to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. An open door to share your testimony an open door to preach the gospel an open door to minister to the broken an open door to anointing you an a greater consecration a deeper relationship with God a deeper dedication an open door to go further with God than ever before he said I've known your I know your works I've seen your life I've seen what you're doing I've seen your faithfulness I've seen you walk through the valleys you've been patient you've been faithful I've seen what you Been through it, I've seen you continue to live for me in the face of loss and heartache, in the face of disappointment and disaster, failure and shame. He said, I know your works. I know what you've done. I know what you're currently doing. And he said, I have placed before you an open door and no one is able to shut it. So if Jesus opens the door, no one can shut it. No one can stop you from going through it. Only you can. God has opened doors to us to go further with him, to Take that next step. And it's up to us to decide if we're going to go through it or not. The door doesn't shut unless Jesus shuts it or unless we refuse to go through it. You just choose whether we walk through it or not. The door is open. Why is the door open? He said, for thou hast a little strength. Or because you have a little strength. And have kept my word and have not denied my name. The door has been opened because you have a little strength just a little strength the reason the door is open is because you had a little strength and you've kept his word and you have not denied his name back to the beginning where we started there are times when we feel like we're so strong and we feel like we're ready to go and we're ready to fight and we're ready to do this and that and that's often when we think all right let's do this open the door let's go i'm going to go i'm going to go share this gospel, I'm going to go, you know, start a Bible study. I'm going to do all these things. The door's open, I'm fired up, and I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And there are other times when it's all we can do to just drag our sorry carcasses here, or to utter a little prayer, or to raise our hands in worship, and you're worn out, and you're beat up, and you've been trying to hold everything together, and trying to balance everything, and trying to keep your family from falling apart. When life gets on top of you, when the losses start piling up, and it just seems like it's too much, and you're overwhelmed. All you have is a little bit of strength. That's all you need. The door is open for those with a little strength. You don't need to be as strong as an ox. You just need a little bit of strength. You don't need to have it all together. You don't need to be at the top of your game. You don't need to be super strong. All you need is a little strength. For thou hast a little strength, and i hast kept my word, and thou hast not denied my name. All you need is a little strength and faithfulness. You've kept my word. You haven't denied my name. In other words, you've been faithful. Life might have taken your strength. Things have happened in your home. Things have happened in your family that have left you feeling weak. Life may have sapped your strength. Events may have evaporated your energy and circumstances may have taken your Tenacity, but they cannot take your faithfulness. They cannot cause you to deny His name. Life can do all these things to you, but life cannot take your faithfulness to God. Life cannot cause you to deny the name of Jesus. Satan in the Old Testament, he said about a man named Job, said the Lord, he said to the Lord, "Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him?" And his house and all that he has on every side, you have blessed the word of his hands and his possessions, and I'm increased in the land. His possessions, I'm increased in the land. And he said, "But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face." This is what Satan thought about Job. His his goal was to get Job to curse God, or the Book of Revelations term, to deny His name. And the enemy he robbed Job of everything: his wealth, his stuff. His family, his support system. He took all these things. He took his health. But he could not get his faithfulness. In spite of all the things that Job lost. In spite of all the things that happened to him. He could not get him to curse God. He could not get him to stop being faithful to God. He could not get him to turn against him. And cause him to be unfaithful. He took his health, his wealth, and his family. But he could not take his life. And he could not take his faithfulness. Nobody can take your faithfulness to God. That's up to you to lay down or you to hold on to. We can make excuses and blame other people. But the enemy can't take that from you. He cannot take that. He cannot cause you to deny his name. He cannot cause you to be unfaithful. He can wear you out. But he can't take all your strength. If all you have left is faithfulness. And all you have left is the power of the name of Jesus. And all you have left is faith in the name of Jesus. And a little bit of strength. Then that door is wide open. That door to revival. That door to a deeper prayer life. That door to a deeper walk with God. He cannot close it. God has opened it and it's wide open to those that just have a little bit of strength. And faithfulness and faith in his name. And there are times when that's all we have. There are times when all I've got is a little bit of strength. And that's enough. And as the door is open. Why are we not going through it? Often we don't have the faith of, you know, we've got a little bit we got faith in him, but we don't have faith sometimes to go through the door. Because going through a door can be intimidating. First time we walked into this building, you know what's on the other side of the door. There could be crazy people in there. There could be, I don't know. Don't go for an interview. Who knows what's going to happen when we walk in that door. Sometimes going through doors is an intimidating thing. You don't know what's on the other side. We moved here five and a half years ago, I guess it is. We had no idea what was waiting for us. But here we are, going through the door. Our missionary friends that are going, um, the Mons are going to Burundi in a couple of weeks. Listen, to, They're going on the 12th. They have no idea what's on. Have, there's never been a missionary. They have no idea what. They have no idea how many churches are there. They have no idea where they're going to stay. They have no idea about anything. They've got a visa for 30 days. Actually, they've got to get it when they land. They have no idea what's going to happen. They're going through this door and it's intimidating. They have no idea. And that's what doors are like because you can't really see sometimes. You might get a glimpse, but you can't see what's on the other side. But the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 that we walk by faith and not by sight. So it doesn't matter if we can see what's through that door. It's a good thing because you can't always see. You might be able to see some. You might get a glimpse but you're not going to see everything. It takes faith to go through the door. So we can be afraid or timid to take that step it and start that conversation with that person at work or a family member to walk by faith, to pray for that Person, because we don't know what's going to happen. But if Jesus opens the door, it's open and we need to walk through it. Or sometimes there are forces that try to stop us from going through those doors. No one can shut them, but that doesn't stop the enemy from trying to keep us from going through. Revelation 3 and 9 it says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet. To know that I have loved thee. The church in Philadelphia, they were being persecuted by the, the Jews, which was fairly common in those days. Christianity came out of Judaism. A lot of them were against it, especially the religious leaders, because they lost the power and influence over these people. The way Jesus words it here lets us know that it was the work of the enemy opposing them through the Jews. The Jews themselves weren't the problem. It was the enemy working through them. The synagogue of Satan, he calls it. And anything, including God's chosen people, that oppose the truth is considered to be of the enemy. So the enemy was working through them to persecute the church. And these guys thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were protecting God and His word. But in fact, they were being used by Satan to keep this church from going through that open door. And Paul said, um, first we already read this, First Corinthians 16 and 9. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. The door is open, but sometimes there there are adversaries, or there are obstacles, or there are things that try to keep us from going through that. Anyone experienced that? Sometimes it's a financial thing. Sometimes it's a visa thing, like their friends. Sometimes it's you know persecution. Sometimes we can convince ourselves that the door opening is the hard part. But it isn't god opens the door often when we go through the door even try to we find adversaries we will find obstacles unbelief sees obstacles but faith sees opportunities and since jesus holds the key and jesus opens the door he's in control of the outcome what do we have to fear jesus holds our every breath in his hands we have to trust. Nobody can close the doors as long as he's open them. Fear, unbelief, and delay have caused the church to miss out on many God-given opportunities. And so today, I'm just here to remind you, to tell you the same thing that Jesus told the church in Philadelphia. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are um, Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet, and know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, you have been patient. Because you have been patient, I will also keep thee. From the hour of temptation which shall come, upon all the world to try that them that dwell on the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which is coming down from heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name the promise of heaven there at the end if we continue to be faithful we continue to be patient we wait on him and go through the doors that he opens and trust him and even though this morning maybe you feel like you're barely hanging on I know this wasn't my normal kind of message but maybe this morning you feel like you've just barely been hanging on and you're tired maybe this week or this month or this year is worn you down or this decade some of us things are wearing you down life's getting a bit much families acting crazy the kids aren't listening jobs a mess maybe you don't have one anymore things are going on health crises all kinds of things maybe you feel like you're just I got an nothing left. Barely hanging on. You've been going through it at home or work or wherever. And all you have is a little bit of strength. And I want you to know today that if that's all you've got, there's a door that's open. Jesus is trying to lead us through that. There's a door to the will of God that's open. There's a door to the next step in your walk with Him. And that's repentance. And that's being baptized in Jesus' name. And that's being filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's Going further with Him, there's a door that's open. A door, the next step in your walk with Him. New and fresh anointing. The song says, "There's a deeper relationship with God, a richer prayer life." There's a door that's been opened to, to to revival, to share your testimony, to um, to see people come to Jesus, to to witness to those around us, to help those in need, to to pray. For people that are sick to have the Holy Ghost work through you. there's a door that's been open if all you've got is faithfulness, trust in His name, just a little bit of strength. There's a door that's open and nobody can shut it. It's up to us to go through that door. We don't need to wait until we got it all together because it's never going to happen. I only have it all together and very little together. I almost match my clothes' sometimes need to wait till we have it all together. We don't need to wait until everything's lined up and it's all the way we think it should be. The door's open. If you've got a little bit of strength, that's all you need. A little bit of strength. Continue to be faithful. Continue to trust in the name of Jesus. There's a door open and no one can shut it. But we need to make that choice today to walk through that door. Say, God, whatever you have for me, I trust you. Whatever's on the other side of this opportunity, I trust you. I'm going to go through it. If you're calling me somewhere, I'm going to answer. If you're calling me to do something, if you're asking me to to surrender something of my life, if you're asking me to to take the next step, if you're asking me to to do this or that, I'm going to do it. We need to make that choice today to walk through it. Strength comes and goes. That's part of life. Some days you wake up and you can hardly move. Other days you wake up and let's get going. Woke up this morning my back was broken. I think it's okay now. That's how it is. Sometimes we can't wait till we can, we feel like we're no, ready to go. The older we get, the less that happens. If you got a little bit of strength. The door's open. God wants to take us through it. God wants to use this church. He wants to use us to reach our community, to reach our world. We need to walk through that. So we're going to give you a chance this morning. We're going to sing a song. We're going to open the altar. If you want to come and pray, let's push through. There may be obstacles. Generally, there's going to be obstacles. He doesn't want it. The enemy doesn't want you to go through that door. There's going to be adversaries. There's going to be things that try to, to stop you. But that door is open. I can tell you story after story of God calling people to places. It didn't look like it was going to work out, but things just fall into place and line up. And the adversaries come and obstacles come. We've told you before about us going to, to Africa. We didn't have money. It just came in. We actually didn't even raise enough to, to go. and We went anyway and we had money left over. I don't know what happened. But all kinds of obstacles... All kinds of things happened. The day we were supposed to leave, one of our kids got sick. We almost missed the plane because I was waiting in the out, the walk-in clinic. You know how that works. Wait forever. almost missed the plane. We made it. Way home. We almost missed the plane again. We made it. There's all kinds of obstacles. But if we walk through the door that God opens, he's going to make the way. He's going to... He's going before us. So we're going to give you a chance to pray. I'm going to stop talking, but let's pray together. Let's make a promise to God that if you've opened this door, if you're calling me to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk through it. I've got a little bit of strength. I believe in your name, and I'm being Amen. faithful. I'm going to walk through that door. Amen. Let's pray together altars open. If you want to come up, we'll pray with you. If you want to pray in your seat, go ahead. Let's pray together today. Let's make that commitment. We're going to go through that door. I've got a little bit of strength, not as much as I used to. I got a little bit of strength today, and I'm going to go through that door that's open. In Jesus' name.